Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everybody. It's Mark, just me, on the 90210 show. No Carol uh, this time. Because I'm here to tell you that back in 1994, we began watching, well, Carol began watching the 90210 show. And we talked about a few episodes at the end of season four. And now we are here to present you those episodes again. For those of you that missed it, it was on the regular the regular show, Massive Late Fee, which you can hear every week. <laughs> we, we did uh, some 90210 shows. I believe we did, I want to say like seven episodes towards the end of the season, six, seven episodes towards the end of the season. Those will all be presented here uh, today uh, as separate episodes, but they're all coming out at the same time. There are no real intros to the show, which is why we're recording this, to kind of let you know what's going on. Next week, we'll be back with the season premiere of Season 5, and we will continue our 90210 journey. But we wanted to kind of restore and preserve these episodes. As you'll hear, at first, it was just Carol talking about the show and sort of describing it to me. Then as we went along, we got more and more into it, which is why we started, ended up doing the show as a a separate thing. Uh, So here they are and enjoy. Speaking of flawed people, we watched 90210 again this week. Oh gosh. Yeah. So Carol, why don't you, why don't you regale us with tales of 90210? So we finally found out who got cast in the lead of the play. Yeah, it's a throwaway, a throwaway line in the first two minutes of the episode. Was it? Sort of. And she basically, she just, Brenda just comes in and says, hey, I got the role. Right. And everyone's like, oh, cool. And then she goes up to, she goes up to the, the, the bottle blondes. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember their names. Donna and Kelly. And says, hey, I got the role. And they're like, oh, cool. Yeah, it didn't seem like a big enough reaction, especially because Kelly, I mean... Yeah, okay, she dropped out, but... Oh, yeah, that was completely thrown away, basically. Like, she has no emotional investment in this play at all anymore. But, um, yeah, so Brenda got cast, and the other girl, Laura... Laura, yeah. She gets cast as her understudy. Mm Mm-hmm. She's not happy about that. She's not happy about that at all. No. And everyone is wondering how. How she got cast when she was so bad in her audition. Yeah, and and the weird part to me is these are all adult people at this point, right? I mean, they're they're I late teens, early twenties. Yeah, they don't act like it, but okay. Right now, I mean, I kind of get Donna because she's a virgin, so you know she's supposed to be a little more naive. naive. But none of them seem to think, hey, maybe she slept with him until Steve Sanders. Yeah, well, she says because they ask her, how did she get the part? Or they, she, I think Donna says something like, and you were afraid that you blew it or yeah. whatever. And she said, oh, I did. His penis. No, she said, <laughs> she said, oh, I did. But I went to his house late at, late at night that night and asked for a second chance. And he gave it to me. Now, here's my question. If she did sleep with him, why would she say that? Yeah. Why would she say, oh, I went to his house 
late at night. Right. Why would she even intimate that if she actually did sleep with, with sleep with him? She would have just covered it all up. That's true. She would have come up with some sort of story. That's true. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so she says that. That's why Steve thinks maybe she slept with him. Yeah, I mean that. Laura puts the idea in his head too. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was Laura, not him. But still, I mean, it, it just it, the rumor mill starts going, obviously. But courtesy of courtesy of Steve and Laura throw uh, homosexuals out of the closet. Steve Sanders. Yeah, he's kind of a jackass. He really, really is. He is. I, I've only seen maybe three episodes of this show now. Watching it with you, I've never seen it before. And he is my least favorite character. Yeah. I, I mean, he's not like... Like, what redeeming qualities does he even have? I don't know. He's not attractive, so he can't get away with it. <laughs> and, yeah, he has a crap personality. And in this whole thing, the only person who doesn't buy into the rumor is Dylan. Yep. And and like I said to you at the time, why are, why are Brendan and Dylan not together? Brendan and Dylan. They have a much better relationship than... He and Donna do. Kelly. Than he and Kelly do. <laughs> Jeez, you gotta get it together, man. Well, in fairness, he does have a better relationship with her than he does with Donna. So I don't well, think they share any yeah. I don't think they share any scenes together. But no, he, he has a better relationship than he does with Kelly. They're always fighting and just little things. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're never on the same page about anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sorry, Kelly is a little prettier than Brenda, but not that much prettier. No. I, I mean, I don't think it could be that. No, I don't think so. Man, I wish I hadn't stopped watching. I have so many questions and, and very little answers. Huh. I'll have to talk to my friend who's been watching the whole time and find out what happened. What happened between... That's the burning question for Massive Life Fee. What happened between Dylan and Brenda? And and Kelly. I got the name right. Dylan and Brenda and Kelly. Like, I wonder if, if he cheated on her or like... It was probably the, the drinking. That's my guess. Yeah. They did hint about the drinking. That's true. She couldn't handle it anymore. Okay, so Brenda is the lead. Everybody's talking smack about her. She's mad at everybody because they're talking about her. And they don't, and they don't believe that they believe that she would have done this. Yeah. What I think is funny too is they cast her as the villain in this. When because what they say is what Laura says and Steve says is that this dude Rathburn or Basil Rathbone, whatever his oh name is. Oh my god, why can't I think of his name now? Uh, that he has a reputation for sleeping with his lead actresses. Right. And Which Brenda knew, trying out. Yes. So they, all, they all talked about it. Yeah. And that if she stooped so low as to have sex with him to get the part, that she's the villain. Not that this dude... Speaking of, like, the people in Kentucky. Right. Not that this guy, older, in a position of power, sets up a situation where he gets sex from these actresses in order for roles. That's fine. That's cool. That's just what's expected of him. But if she takes advantage of that, quote unquote, or feels she needs to do that to get a role, then she's the she's the villain. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I see your point that, you know, he, he is the one wrong there. I guess, you know, that people still have this boys will be boys attitude, you know? And so it's okay that he wants to sleep with them all, but it's like because they all know he's going to try to sleep with them that it's the woman's fault. 
and they have to, you know, put up a fight. It's 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 such old world thinking, but it, it just is. I've never agreed with that point of view. I think that's the stupid. The, the boys will be boys. That's stupid. I it, I agree. But in it, my opinion, it just it is what it is. I mean, that's. I mean, I have no problem with guys acting like guys in certain situations. Guys talk about girls. I'm sure girls talk about guys. Yeah, we do. And. You know, and guys like to have sex. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Girls like to have sex, too. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I agree. But we're talking about guys right now. But I, I I don't, you know, guys like sports, all that all that stuff. I'm fine with all of that. But there's, you know, I don't like when it extends to sexual assault, you know, or, or bullying people. I hate bullying so much. I hate bullies and people that want to make other people feel bad i always end up standing up for other people when it comes to that i hate that shit here's the thing though okay we're talking about people who are over the age of 18 sure and yeah okay he's in a position of power i guess because he's the director yeah but he's also very charming handsome guy who you know, it seems like might actually be charming the women to want to go to bed with him rather than bullying them, as you're putting it. Well, I don't think that... I'm not saying that he's bullying them. I'm just saying I don't... I don't. There are things that people excuse as typical male behavior that I think is not typical male behavior. It's just dumb, entitled behavior. Okay. But... That'll give you. But I... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with an actress being attracted to their director or wanting to sleep with their director. I think it's sort of inappropriate while the play is going on. Yeah, I agree I mean, with that. I mean, afterwards, sure. But I think it's sort of inappropriate on both parts while while the play is going on. But they they make it very clear that it's more than just flirting, that he sort of puts that out there. For whomever wants to accept. Right. And then they'll get the part. And that is the thing that I think is wrong. And that's that's using your position of power in an abusive way. Yeah, because um, Kelly does mention that, she, that he kind of flirted with her too. That she got the impression that he was open if she was willing. Right. And at one point, Laura also says she had the opportunity and she should have taken it. Yep. So, yeah, that's true. Um... But then, oh, my mind just went blank. Um, That's new. Ha, ha, ha. So, Brenda comes in, tells everybody, and then they start rehearsing. Yeah. They they go to, uh, not run-throughs, but read-through. They yeah. go through a read-through. And Laura's feeling all sorry for herself because she's the understudy, so she doesn't even get to read. She's just sitting there. Everyone... Everyone kind of introduces themselves, or not really, but the director goes through and introduces everyone. And the the brick that that is the understudy to the brick looks more like brick than the brick brick does. See, I don't know how you even know who, what these people are supposed to. It's a play. Yeah. So how do you? I know guess what I'm basing it on. Like? I guess I'm basing it on the movie. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't, I mean, just because they look like the people in the movie or not, that doesn't mean that that's I, what the playwright envisioned when they wrote the play. No, but they, they cast, they cast a specific look for Brick. You know, it's a former athlete and everything. He's, you know, he's a big guy. Okay. Very built. 
Just, I don't know, the other guy looks more the part to me okay. than the other one did. But maybe maybe the guy that got the part slept with the director. <laughs> so, um, Laura's feeling, you know, upset, jealous, thinks Brenda, you know, cheated her. Steve even says to her, you were robbed because he was there and he thinks she did a better audition. Well, she did during that audition. Yeah, but we have no idea what the audition was like when Brenda went back to his house. Because they faded to black. And, you know, honestly, they keep you guessing for like half the episode whether or not she really did sleep with him. Because she never says she didn't. Correct. Every time that it's brought up, she kind of scoffs at the idea, but she never says, no, I didn't. Right. And sometimes people kind of directly ask her. Yeah. And she still does not answer the question. And um, the only time that you really... And it's still not directly said... By her, but I guess by him it is that they didn't sleep together. When she goes to his house again, lets herself in, by the way. Like, how close are they? She just let herself in. Oh, your door wasn't locked and he's in the backyard sunbathing. Yeah, well, she misses rehearsal because Laura calls her house and says that rehearsal's been moved from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Yeah, so that she'd miss the whole thing. And... He has like a zero tolerance policy. So she kind of explains what happened and that's why she gets to stay in the play. But yeah, she comes over to uh, his house. She wants to apologize. And he says he's heard the rumors too. And that, that it's unfortunate that that's what people think. They make it really clear. They don't even, they don't ever say it, but they make it really clear. Yeah. They didn't sleep with each other. And to kind of nail home my point... He says that when he took the position working at this school, I guess he works for the school. Okay. He's some famous director of, of stage productions, but he the, the school hired him out, I guess, to do their, their production. So maybe or maybe he's kind of like retiring into a teaching role. And I mean, because, you know, the professors at universities will put on the plays. Right. So that's possible. But anyway, he said when he accepted the the position, they made him sign an agreement that he wouldn't touch the coeds. <laughs> so it's not good for him either right. if they think that he's violating that. And Brenda's like, "Well, I hope you don't get in trouble for nothing." Like, right? Yeah. So you're right. They did. They they definitely said it. So okay. So they didn't actually sleep together, even though it was so strongly implied. And um. She had missed rehearsal, so Laura's Laura's hoping she's going to get kicked out because of his zero tolerance policy. Right. That does not happen. Now Brenda's talked to him, and he decides to call Laura out in front of God and everybody. Yep. On the stage, and uh, kicks her out of the play. Yep. And you know because he knows who it was. Yeah. That called that called her and messed her up. Which, I, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess you can figure it out. But, I mean, it's not like they have actual proof. It's just a strong suspicion. It could have been somebody else. Well, it was a female that called to say that the times were changed. And there is literally two other women in the play. Mm-hmm. And one's Brenda's understudy. And the other is uh, Big Mama. Right. So... I mean, it's not hard to figure out which one of them it is. Yeah, Laura wasn't very bright about that. No. So, yeah, so she gets kicked out, and Steve goes chasing after her. You know, it's funny, though. You're you're skipping, like, a lot of this episode. Though. Okay, you know what? Next time, I'm going to sit there and take notes, like, beat by beat. So apparently, you don't have to call me out Apparently, you need to. Okay. But when, she, when they first 
talk about it. She says, oh, I could kill her or whatever. Right. And she looks off like a psychopath. <laughs> like she gets that thousand yard stare where she's just looking over the top of her eyes. <laughs> and then when she, when Brenda comes back and convinces that stage manager to smooth things over before she actually talks to Eddie Rascal, whatever his name is. Uh-huh. Uh, she, she talks to Steve after they get into a, like kind of a verbal fight with Brenda and she says maybe she could get hurt. <laughs> like yeah. she could break a toe or a finger and Steve's like, yeah, I could break her toe and fa- you know, I could break her jaw too. I'm so mad at her. And she said, of course you'd have to make it look like an accident. And she, again, she's just staring off into space yeah. as if, you know, Satan is uh, whispering to her. Crazy eyes. And it, you know, by the way, the way she plays the, it's, it's comical. Yeah. Almost. It's not great acting the way she plays being deranged. But anyway, so Steve all of a sudden is like, well, you're not serious, are you? And she's like, yeah. And well, she didn't say yes, but. It's clear she's serious. Well, and then, you know, we don't see this, but, you know, he talks about later that he actually agrees. That he's going to do it, yeah. Because he's afraid that if he doesn't, that she'll do it herself. Right. Which, you know, I mean, that was being a decent friend. He's a dick. But (laughs) he, he, he came to his senses, I guess, at the last minute, just like he did in that episode with the gay guy. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, now I'm going to do the right thing. Now that I've been an asshole for 75% of the episode, now I'll turn around and do the right thing and tell everyone that he references Tanya Harding, which I think is funny. Yeah. Clearly, I'm sure they were inspired by that incident. Yeah. It's fairly recent. They might have even just added that into a scene that was already written. Maybe. I don't know how, I don't know how in advance they write these. Right. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, so now they got to figure out what they're going to do. There's two psychopath women in this episode. Yes, there are. We haven't even talked about Claire yet. Claire doesn't get much play in this episode, but there's definitely a storyline there. So, um, Brendan is going to Berkeley for what? Again, I can't even remember. The, his paper that he wrote about the future of education or something like that is going to be part of the keynote address. And he's going to Berkeley for something yeah. related to that. Now, this is, you know, him with the chancellor again. And Claire later shows up at his house with two tickets to Berkeley because she wants to go with him. Two tickets to paradise. <laughs> she is so stupid. Like, I don't understand why she won't just let it go. He's told her so clearly. She's obsessed. So, She's like stalking him. Yeah. And, and you know, her dad, work, you know, being his boss does not help. I really feel bad for Brandon. I guess. He's in a bad situation. Yeah, well, we'll see how much longer he's in that situation. Yeah. But, yeah, he tries to explain to the dad that, she, well, the dad says that he likes the fact that they're dating, because apparently they're dating. Right. And that... He's better than most of the lugs she brings home. They always seem to get themselves into hot water. And he literally says to him, well, that might not entirely be their fault, sir. And he, like, doesn't respond. Like, he just has blinders on. It's willful ignorance. So, 
she wants to go to Berkeley with him, and as his last ditch effort, he goes and talks to Dad. Oh, and Dad had said too, don't get in too much trouble in Berkeley now because you're the one who kept my daughter out late on prom night. Berserkly in Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's trying to bring in the big guns. He thinks, hey, if I tell her dad how she behaved, and he tells her, tells him that she, you know, instigated a fight in the hotel room and all that stuff, that, you know, he'll put a stop to things. Well, she just looks amused as fuck when he tells her. Yeah. Because she knows that daddy is going to take her side. Yep. So, that's not going to work out for, uh, for good old Dylan Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, she, I mean, she said, what did she say? You just dug your own grave, I think. Yeah, so he's probably getting fired. Yeah. And I mean, the dad, like, took a phone call in the middle of their conversation. He's just like, I'm sorry, she's being a nuisance. I'll take care of it. Like, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's over, Brandon. Take care of you. He does not like to hear bad things about his little girl. Yeah, and so then Laura decides that she's going to kill herself. Yeah, Steve goes to talk to her and finds a suicide note on the bed addressed to whom it may concern. (laughs) Who does that? Come on now. So he's tearing across campus instead of calling the police to go get to the theater before she kills herself because she's doing her final performance. And he runs into Brenda. How convenient. And so she goes running with him and they go in and find Laura up in the rafters wearing the white dress that he had given her for the audition. Oh, is that what she was wearing? Mm-hmm. Okay. And wrapping a noose around her neck. A very poorly tied noose. She is not a, a naval officer, clearly. <laughs> clearly. She's not using a bowline hitch or a bowline with a bite or a midshipman's hitch. I have no idea what any of that means. Or a square hitch. No hitches for Laura. So Steve says he's going to get security while Brenda is talking to her, but he actually climbs up and, uh, of course, grabs her just in the nick of time as she's about to jump to her death. Yeah, Brenda talks to her. Says all the things that everyone in the audience is thinking. That there are other plays. Mm -hmm. That she's an idiot. She even offers, she's like, I can talk to them and, and we can, you know, both have performances. We can split them and, yeah. Yeah, Laura's, Laura's going to go away now. You think Brenda would have done that if she had just said, oh, okay, do that? No, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think she would have been willing. No, I think she would have been willing to split the performances with her now that she knows how much it means to her. But I don't think that she'd be available to do that because she's going to be spending some time with the men in the white coats. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she got taken away in an ambulance. With a blanket wrapped around her because they always do that in TV and movies. Right. Everyone's cold when they need to go to an ambulance. Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's because people tend to get cold when they're in shock. Uh-huh. And, I mean, she did try to kill herself. So she might be in shock. I guess. I don't know. I was in shock by how bad her performance was. <laughs> it was pretty bad. The most, the the thing that the crew on this show must struggle with the most, though, is using those big, wide-angled lenses so that they can get both of uh, Tori Spelling's eyes in the same shot. Oh my god, that's so mean. <laughs> I noticed that a lot today. That that right eye really goes way askew. Wow. 
It does. No, it does not. Look at her, look at where her nose is, and then see how her left eye is, you know, normal distance from that nose, and then look where the right eye is. It's like it's like she's half gecko or something. What the frick? You are so mean. She is not that weird looking. She's okay. a little weird looking. I'll give you a little weird looking. She kind of looks like a dude. Yeah, she's got a little of that going on. But I, I don't think that her face is like deformed. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe she used to be a guy and she was a boxer. <laughs> and she got her face hit so much that her eye just moved. Ugh. That happens. That's gross. So that's how the episode ends. Correct. So we'll have to see what, what new drama they find. Oh, wait. Wait, we forgot about one kind of important thing. Okay. Uh, Dylan's little sister's mom is uh, getting married to that guy. Yeah, the environmental scientist. Who quit his job because he discovered something that would, you know, clean the oceans and they won't let him do it. Right. Yeah. He discovered something that would fix pollution everywhere. And the corporation that he works for is so greedy that they won't they won't patent it and sell it to every country in the world for literally billions of dollars. <laughs> right? Like if they found something if a corporation found something where it was, you can pollute as much as you want, and we can just clean it up with this magic dust, <laughs> they they would jump on that in a second. He says, oh, they don't really pay attention to something unless one of the quote-unquote stars in the company comes up with it. Yeah, that's that's how companies work. No company has ever taken the idea of an underling before and used it uh, to for enormous profits. It's never happened. You know, I doubt they'd ever really be able to make something like that, though. I mean, to just clean the water just by pouring it in there. Like, yeah. I, I mean, he said they could drink it. I wouldn't want to drink it. Like, what chemicals did you just put in there? Yeah, I oh. agree. I agree. I don't think it'll ever happen either. But, yeah, it's like magic dust. But that's the environmental lesson that we get for for the, the week. Right. On 90210. <laughs> They're trying to do their part. In the least effective and least effort way possible, a sea story <laughs> on a uh, soap opera. It's not a soap opera. Okay. It's just structured and acted exactly like a soap opera. Right. It just doesn't appear during the day. Correct. Right. Like Dallas wasn't a soap opera. It wasn't. Okay. Anyway, moving on. 